Bam, 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 bam. And welcome to Pop Tarts. I'm Emily Rems. I'm Callie Watts. We are both editors of Bust Magazine in New York City. And today, we are going to be talking about the one, the only, Cardi B. With our resident (laughs) Cardi B experts, Brianna Menchin. Say hi, Brianna. Hello, everyone. (laughs) And Jasmine Montez de Oca. What up, what up, what up? (laughs) Brianna and Jasmine are interns at Bust Magazine and stood out to us as experts in the field of cardiology. (laughs) (laughs) So they are here with us in the studio today because we want to talk about absolutely everything having to do with this ascendant pop star. We are not acquainted with the shmoney. You know what's mad annoying? Sucking dick with eyelashes on. He's a gilf. He's a dope. A grand dill at this point. Tell me everything. Stripper hole feminism. Marty gang. Let's not get hysterical. If you don't know Cardi B, that's okay. We're going to give you the rundown so you can follow along. Um, you may recall that Pop-Tarts co-host Callie Watts Me. has been shouting out Cardi B, I think, the entire episode span <laughs> of Pop-Tarts since episode one. <laughs> Callie Watts has known that Cardi B was going to be a superstar, and she told you all about it. And it <laughs> hasn't even been until what, a week or two ago that Cardi B actually hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. But Callie called this way back, confirming what I have always said. Callie Watts lives in the future. (laughs) She knows who's going to be famous before they get super famous. And you need to listen to what she says because she knows what's hot before you know what's hot. (laughs) Well, I will give that to whose show was I at? I was seeing Young M.A., and ah. Cardi had a guest track. And I thought that she was just somebody from reality TV mm-hmm. whenever I would see her names and blogs and stuff. And then I was like, well, if Young M.A. is fucking with her, I will fucks with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, it's understandable that you would think that. Here is a, a quick overview of the rise of Cardi B. In 2013, she was a 20-year-old exotic dancer from the South Bronx. Her real name is Belkalis Almanzar. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Thank you. And um, back in 2013, she was 20. She was dancing in the Bronx, and she was uploading videos of herself to Instagram and Vine, and they were really funny. And she got a big following very quickly just from these little snippets of her everyday life. She'd talk about... Um, Getting that shmoney. She would talk about getting shmoney. I'm ready to bring some niggas to with some shmoney. She would talk about how it feels so good when people throw money on her. Like, it feels so good when people throw money on me. Like, it feels so good on my skin. Like, warm pee. She would say, It's cold outside, but I'm still looking like a daddy because a hoe never gets cold. <laughs> she just, I I'm always cold, and I'm pretty high on the hose, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to argue that one. she started out as an internet celebrity just like because she was had all these funny catchphrases that she would come up with on the fly and put online. As a result of her suddenly exploding with fans on Instagram, she got a role in 2015 on the reality show Love and Hip Hop New York. Swift might have a girlfriend and that's none of my business. However, when his girlfriend got my name in her mouth, that's when it becomes my mother business. I know me and Swift had like a little innocent kiss, but... Swift having this girl talking crazy to me, talking about that me and him is smashing, put my relationship in jeopardy. You need to let her ass know that ain't nothing between me and you. When I see her, I'm going to throw her ass in the mother but ditch. But why we got to do it? No, that? when I see her, I'm going to beat her ass. I hope look, you know that. No, 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 no. I don't care. I need you to just relax. I need, I need you to know that she cannot come around me. Right, That's what gonna, you need to know. She's not going to come around you. I. And then she want to talk about I'm the one that being inappropriate, but she don't know that her man be trying to kiss me and whatever. Mm? And then that gig parlayed itself into a music career. Someone suggested that she should rap because she has a way with words. Her first single, Cheap Ass Weave. Don't even take no more selfies that weave. Don't even deserve any pictures. Like, where did you buy that shit? 
Love that song so much. (laughs) (laughs) Cheap Ass Weave came out in the winter of 2015, and by the spring, she was already signed to Atlantic Records. Then the following year, 2016, she put out two mixtapes called Gangsta Bitch Music 1 and 2. And then, like a rocket, her single Bodak Yellow came out June of this year. Say, little bitch, you can fuck with me if you wanted to. These expensive, these is red bottoms, these is bloody shoes. Hit the score, I can get them both, I don't want to choose. And I'm quick, cut a nigga off, so don't get comfortable. Look, I don't dance now, I make money moves. Say, I don't gotta dance, I make money moves. It became the song of the summer. I literally would lay in my bed at night next to the open window and hear it blasting from the street. I could hear it in my bed. A five-year-old was singing it in the bank the other day, waiting for her mom just going, I'll make money moves. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you know, it's on the streets when just five-year-olds are just like... You gotta start them young. (laughs) (laughs) And this song became not only the song of the summer, but just a couple of weeks ago, it dethroned Taylor Swift... And her single, Look What You Made Me Do, to become numero uno, number one on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. And it is still there now. Which is a new record. Yeah. And hopefully by the time you guys hear this, which is a little about a few days after we record, it'll still be there, I hope. Well, she broke a new record yesterday, I think, for being on the one number one on the 100 for more weeks than Lauren Hill. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Three it should be noted record. that uh, when she hit number one on the charts, she became the first solo female rap act to top the Billboard charts since Lauren Hill did it in 1998. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's quite an accomplishment. I, I was surprised to hear that it took so long. Right. right? And now she's the longest running female rapper out there in in history. It's amazing. She has a whole group of fans on the internet who go by the hashtag Barty Gang. Barty Gang? (laughs) (laughs) And the Barty Gang really, there was a coordinated effort online to make her number one. So the, the cultural power of these internet influencers should not be underestimated. So yeah, she's number one on the charts. This past New York Fashion Week, she was in the front row of all the best shows. People feel like she's an overnight sensation, but this is really something that's been brewing since 2013. Um, And we want to parse what makes her so special. We want to analyze this new star from every angle. (laughs) That's why we have gathered you here today. (laughs) So, Jasmine, Brianna... I want to find out when you first found out about Cardi B and what your reaction was and what it was about her that made you want to hear more. Where on this trajectory to fame did you get on the Cardi B train? Start with Brianna. Early on, very early on. I think I was scrolling like deep into Tumblr, just deep into that blue abyss. And it was like this video of, like I just kept seeing the face. So I like finally watched it and, uh, it started off with like a very young looking Cardi and she had her, her braids. She was just like, people always ask me, what, what do you does? Is you a comedian <laughs> or, or what? Nah, I'm not none of that. I'm a stripper hoe. I'm about this money. And I was like, I love her. Like, I don't know <laughs> what, like, I, you a stripper hoe? I, me too. Not really, but me too. And she bought her money, And it was just like, I just kept seeing videos. Didn't know her name. So this was before Love and Hip Hop. This is well before that. This is like that summer. I think what really helped her was like, who was it? Bobby Schmurder had kind of like hosted Mm -hmm. one of her vines. And that's kind of what really, and that during his fame before they locked up GS9. But that's a different conversation. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different podcast. That's a whole different (laughs) podcast. But no, that was around like that, that time. Very early on. Jasmine, how about you? Me and Cardi go way back. Um, no. <laughs> so I think I'm about the same as Brianna. Uh, my roommate from college got me into her a lot. At first, I was like, who is Cardi B? Like, relax. I started looking at her Instagram, her Twitter. I was like, okay. 
this bitch is popping. <laughs> and then I found out that she was Dominican and that she was from the Bronx. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm not a stripper, but I aspire to be one now because of you. Um, and our catchphrase throughout like sophomore year to senior year of college was a hole never gets cold because we were in Oneonta where it gets like negative zero degrees. And we would just go to the bars and no clothes. that's what you do. And yeah. And <laughs> we would just be like, a hole never gets cold. And she kind of became my idol. Yeah. And, and so this was also for you before Love and Hip Hop all yeah. on the internet. I watched Love and Hip Hop specifically because, for her. Like yeah. I knew about Love and Hip Hop, but I wasn't really a big fan of it. And then I heard she was going to be on it. And I was like, oh, well, now, I got to record obviously, everything now. Obviously. Like how? Because at that point, New York was kind of like the worst one of the Love and Hip Hop yeah. franchise. Yeah. And then I saw, because the whole trailer was like her being on it. And I was like, how did she finesse this? You are yeah. now on TV. You did it. So. Throwing shoes. I love that she throws shoes at people. Oh, yeah. In the reunion. You start talking about Cardi in his text. What happened? Shoe throwing is such a thing now. Jennifer Hudson threw a shoe on The Voice, and then someone threw a shoe at her when she was performing recently. And, like, that was a positive response. She liked his voice. Like, (laughs) here's a shoe. Yeah. (laughs) All right. She was just, like, overcome. With joy. And, like, feel like we should be keeping... A shoe in the purse just for throwing. <laughs> just for appreciating. Not the one you're wearing. That's a throwing shoe. It's like the next bus article. <laughs> Ten essential things to keep in your purse. A throwing shoe. A shoe. shoe. <laughs> a throwing shoe. If you were to describe her appeal to someone who's never seen her videos, never heard her, what would you say makes her special? Like, how would you recommend her? I would say it's that she gives no fucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's, yeah. like, unapologetically herself. Like, yeah. literally... She will not apologize for it. She just seems so like legit. Like she was saying, she was always scared to follow her dreams because if I follow my dreams and I fail, I can't dream about it anymore. It's way easier to settle for less. And I'm like, damn, that's some real. You're just like totally honest about shit. Yeah. And then there's just like so many. Oh, she keeps. We were talking about this in the office. She's talking about how she keeps a razor blade in her butt crack. <laughs> and I we were really talking. Is that real? Do you think that's real that she always keeps a razor blade? In her I butt can't crack? figure out how you would get to it fast enough to utilize it. Weren't you supposed to Google that? I Googled and all I could find was that Fader article and no other mention. Like if I was that reporter, I would have been like, tell me everything. <laughs> I have. I need answers. Like I just can't. I could see how it could be in there, but well, I can't see getting out in time to to fight someone with it but then again like she's a stripper from the bronx so like if she needs to she get to this blade she's gonna out. yeah it's she not gonna just a, pop it out but she's also issue. you know in her lyrics and in her life proudly saying that she's no longer a stripper though she is and she's not even from the bronx anymore i mean she's she'll always be from the bronx but she lives in new jersey now yeah like, but she stays with she her parents all the time still carry a razor blade in her butt crack all the time like what kind of danger is she in i worry for her probably more danger now than she was before yeah which is why i think she in an interview she was like i can't go back to the bronx like to where she was where she grew up she was like i can't do that because people are gonna be after my money you know (laughs) and i'm just like you're not wrong i forget how much they they said today how much she was worth it's in the double millions now yeah i mean but even if that's true which great for her but she's still from the projects from the Bronx. Right. Like, you don't really just scrappy. stop like 20 something years of being in the project. And it's like, oh, all right. I don't need to protect myself now because she will fight you. Like, no, but actually, no, she will fight <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I would not want to fuck with her. She'd be hilarious, but then you, you piss her off. She'd just be like, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> just take like, it out of her butt crack. Right? Like, she throws a shoe out of her butt You didn't even crack. see it. Yeah. Like, you just see her reaching in her butt. And like, <laughs> what's happening? Okay, so. We've talked about our love of Cardi B thus far. We should touch a bit no. on the controversy. No. You I'm know, ready. like this This goes back to a few weeks ago. Brianna, you came into the office and you were distraught. I was distraught. You said that your girl Cardi B had said online that she had called black women roaches, dark, dark-skinned women roaches, can you love her again? I know that there was some follow-up from Cardi B later on saying that in the Bronx, you call people roaches and it's not racist. It's just cutting ass. Mm -hmm. She also, as we've said before, is of Dominican heritage and uses the N-bomb quite liberally. And some people have an issue with that. How have you evolved in your assessment of her with those factors playing in? 
Um, real quick, the N bomb one is easy because it's like she's Dominican and Trinidadian, and like Dominicans are black. <laughs> like I don't PSA by the way, if you, in case you didn't know. But so it's like she's black. Like you can, she's Dominican. She has Caribbean roots. She's Trinidadian, Caribbean again. She's black, so it's like I get why some people would not not understanding of that. And it is like this weird erasure of like blackness with Dominicans, like even black passing Dominicans where it's like, well, but no, because she's because she is lighter skinned. She's like, no, she's not black. And it's like, oh, no, she is. And she doesn't not claim it. You can say you're Dominican, but you're that's still black. So she doesn't have to say, well, I am black, too. Right. But you were upset about the roaches comment. Did you? Did you come to terms with that? I was distraught, um, like visibly upset. I came over to you and was just like, um, I have a question. <laughs> like, can I, how do you, like, how do you deal with people that you love betraying you? But um, I mean, I kind of take it for what it was, like after she kind of explained where it was, which I, I can understand, like being a New Yorker or like having, whether you cut or you rank and just like having very sly comments for people. And she's referred to herself as a roach. So I get that, but it's just like, it was very disheartening because like, regardless of her being black, colorism still exists. And that's like, that's too many decades and too many centuries of like internalized self-hate to just kind of like, oh, okay, well, I get it now. Like, it's a lot to work through. So like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't expect someone to get that immediately. Um, And it's weird because like, she's made comments about like colorism before of like, how darker skinned women shouldn't because that appears in the strip clubs as well where it's just like i would see dark skinned women not getting tipped as much because they weren't that's not the ideal standard of beauty even in black clubs so i get that so it's just like maybe she's no i'm making excuses uh (laughs) it's just i i'm not happy with it i feel like she has a lot of learning to grow from like she has a lot of learning to do but I just, you know, chalk it up as, uh, 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 Cardi, you're problematic. Now. I know. When we but, love um, people, we don't want them to, when they say dumb shit, we're like, fuck, why did you fuck? <laughs> and she's young. She's only 24. So, like, her personality is so strong and she doesn't want to, like, pull shit back. So, sometimes I think she doesn't really weigh it out before she drops shit out there. Definitely doesn't. Jasmine, how do you cope? Oh, Cardi. Um, I feel like I'm a mother when she says things like that, where I'm so disappointed, but also I want her to succeed still, right. um, which is how my mom feels about me. <laughs> She's just like, Jasmine. And I'm like, Cardi. Um, I think when she came out to talk about the whole Roach thing, when she came out with her statement saying, like, you know, that is cutting ass, like coming from the Bronx, like, yeah, we sue sit around in the schoolyard cutting people's asses like that was our you know our little uh hobby and i understand where she was coming from but i also didn't agree with her um but i also find that cardi b is that type of person that she's willing to learn Mm -hmm. as long as someone's willing to teach her and i think she's i think she's been vocal about that also like yeah i messed up but no one's telling me what the right kind of way to go about it is and like Brianna said there's a lot of she's Dominican there's a lot of internalized racism with Dominicans I know I'm Dominican even though I am very proudly express myself as an Afro-Latina because I might not pass as black but I know that there's black in me I'm like my dad's side of the family it has very coarse hair I'm like I would be stupid to not say that I had black in me (laughs) Um, and my grandfather is black as night so you know, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, and I think I that's think, what made it such such a problematic statement is because of all the history of racism that comes from. Yeah. And I don't even think she knows that. There's a lot of Dominicans who out there are just like, oh, no, we're not racist. Or because even when you go to DR, you know, they don't talk about racism over there. It's like you're light skinned, you're, you're cool. You know, if mm-hmm. you're you're really dark and you're from Haiti and you're black and no one wants you here, blah, blah, blah. And so it's, it wouldn't be a surprise if, like, if we sat Cardi down and we, like, told her about this stuff that she didn't know, you know? because yeah, it's something to it. It's yeah, just, and it's just it's something not talked about, especially the in the culture, yeah. 
And then, like, also in her defense, like, it wasn't like she was doing it for shits and giggles. It was like, yeah. this. Gr- granted, the girl didn't at her specifically, but she was in Cardi's mention. So that just means Cardi was, like, in her, like, oh, he said my name. So, like, now I have to come at you. But it was, whoever it was was saying something negative toward her. And she's, like you said, like, her personality is very defensive, which I can understand, like, aren't we all? You know, that also comes back to, like, the Bronx culture, like, the inner city, like, culture, where I'm like, you have to learn how to defend yourself. There's people probably saying worse things to her, and she's going to get super defensive because she's a defensive person on the Mm -hmm. bat, and she came from that lifestyle. And And that doesn't just go away because you're number one on the billboard. Like, that's not going to change. I saw this clip today where she was talking about people body shaming her for having fake boobs and she was just like i remember when before everybody talked shit about my teeth right but i fixed them so now it's like um well well your titties look mad fake yeah yeah they look mad fake and this is like bitch y'all never used to talk shit about my titties now y'all want to talk shit about them and it's like i don't know why y'all body shame bitches that got they body done like all right i got my titties done i got my ass done and guess what when i pop a little nigga on my pussy I'm getting lipo too. You want to know why? Because I like to look perfect. I like to have fake perfect tits, a fake perfect ass. I like to be perfect. You wouldn't be so, why are you so mad that a bitch wants to look perfect? If you want to look perfect, you could get your body done too, bitch. Just wait for your income tax check. Or you could get your surgery on credit because clearly you're not happy with your natural body that you so pressed that another bitch got her fucking body done. Because I don't see no niggas talking shit. And when I was stripping, niggas was throwing money at this fake ass and these fake titties. You bitches is mod. Y'all mod, bitch. And I don't want to hear but they do look fake. Because they are fake, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because I feel like Cardi B is on the very precipice of becoming packaged. She's already, like, with the money that she's received from her different projects, she has fake boobs, fake butt. She, she got, got her, that already, though. She got her teeth fixed recently. She's about to put out a full-length record from Atlantic that comes with publicists, that comes with packagers and handlers. And she's going to be somewhat polished as a result. She's going to get media training. I'm telling you this right now. I hope not. They're going to (laughs) say, this girl's not going to say roaches with Atlantic's money. I hope she never stops saying things like, you know what's mad annoying? Sucking dick with eyelashes on. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't Don't take that away from us. They're going to let her do it. What is what are your opinions on how how, like she's number one in the charts? She has a full length album coming out on a major label. They're going to be handling her. What do you think that Cardi B is going to be? I think she's going to be the same. Um. Like I said, she's unapologetically herself. I, I think of Atlantic Records, it's like, well, you have to do this. She's going to be like, well, you're not going to get this album kind of I'll thing. I'll go take my shmoney out. Yeah, yeah, no, no but seriously. And I feel even if there is some kind of handling or like, you know, polishing of Cardi B, it's going to be done within her terms. Right. And it's yeah. going to be like, no, that's taking it too far. Well, no, that's how I talk. No, that's how I say shmoney. Sh- like, I'm going to say yeah, shmoney. Right. Because I feel like what's really making her famous is her personality. And Very much so. Like, she's not like Mariah Carey out here with the vocal chops going crazy. She's not like, she's not like Nicki Minaj speed rap, you know? Yeah. And Nicki Minaj totally ended up packaged, true. But in a different way. And it took her a really long time and a lot of different personality characters <laughs> to, you know, to get into her mold. But... I think it's a much different concept because what's what's making her famous isn't, I mean, she's talented at rapping, but she's, what it is is her personality. I think they would be dumb to make her like curb that in. Yeah. I mean, that's what pulled everyone in, her personality alone. Like her personality is what got her on Love and Hip Hop. There's there's no way that like she got on that show without having- She has 10 million Instagram followers. And her site, her Instagram account kept getting like, like shut down by Instagram because I think because like they were like oh no this is naked so it's like she kept coming back and starting over and people still like was like no but where is she where which account is she at now and like once you have that kind of following you can't just grant I mean like she can use some polishing as like any celebrity does you can't just say anything but I don't think it'll be so much in the the place where it's like a completely different person 
And she's always been very vocal about like her insecurities or like how yeah. she got to this place. Because for a long time, she was she said she wasn't going to fix her teeth. And I think it was like, well, we could appreciate that because it's like you're a regular person. She, she regular. was like, I like eating apples and I like sucking dick. <laughs> Like, even with like my my teeth looking like this like that never stopped boys from wanting to touch my face so it's like my word cardi but i think she the whole point of her getting her boobs done is like because she was granted she was in a an abusive relationship so she right. used the strip club as a, a means of like financial freedom so she could get up under whoever guy was under his thumb so then she starts stripping and it's just like, wow, like I'm not getting paid because she's working in these white clubs. Yeah. And it's like, oh, all the white girls that are stripping, they have big boobs. Got to get my boobs done. Or like even then they're just white. So she's just like, well, if I have bigger boobs, yeah, right, you, you know, get some advantage. So exactly. then she leaves the white clubs and now she's in the black clubs and it's like, ah, you got to get your butt done. Yeah. So, I mean, she's been vocal about that. And she's even said like she got her butt done like the the street unofficial way like she's very vocal they pump about it up with cement and shit tire, she's like i have no idea crap. what's that shit's terrifying she has no idea what's in her ass and she's like but you know i think about it like what are the odds of me dying it's like party <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay but so like she has all this stuff done but she doesn't tell girls like you should do it it's more right. so like we'll do it the right yeah. way but like i did it because like this exactly and- i was gonna say that she's also she's explaining why she did it you know, I really appreciate when people are like, yeah, I had work done instead yeah. of pretending like you didn't because that's giving people a false concept of what people could look like. Yeah, there, there's people whose butts or have that. Then there's people that have implants and you can't just pretend all butts look naturally are that nice. Right. And she's also said, um, I think in a video on Instagram that she posted where she said, you know, yeah, I got my ass done. I got my tits done. But also, you don't have to do that. Like, you are beautiful the way you are. And that's, like, so dope. I'm like, she's so empowering. It's it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And, like, you know, you watch these videos and you genuinely feel good about yourself because she's such a genuine person. Yeah. And she's just literally like, you got to do whatever you got to do. Whatever's good for you. And no one should be shaming nobody. Like, I was so happy when Kylie Jenner finally admitted to getting her lips done. And I was like, you know, there is before and after photos. But then when she was like, someone made me feel really bad about my time. Tiny little little tiny lips and then you have a little more of like oh you're a person and you had your feelings hurt and you got so upset about it that you had it it like fucked you up so much at least we can get the concept of like what's going on yeah just pretending that you look your lips look like that because you have a good lip kit yeah and like we never have like the real conversations of like well why do women feel the need to do these Mm -hmm. things and it's just like well you did it so now deal with it it's like but this is years of like you making me feel mm-hmm. like I had to look a certain way. And now I look that way. and You're just like, yeah, but it's like, how do you, how do you win? You don't. Yeah. People is never happy. And it's just like, yeah, Kaylani was win. just talking about this. Another problematic thing is that she's dating. Um, Offset. He's a little problematic because he's a little homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a lot to unpack as well. Yeah. I'm like, homophobia in the black community especially with black um men and boys is i i can't even describe how prevalent it is in those communities because of the way they grow up what they're taught about and all that stuff so it doesn't surprise me that he said it right Am I ecstatic that he said it of course not absolutely not um am i disappointed at cardi b for going out with him i don't know it's I'm, hard to judge someone yeah. because of one the views of a significant other, but you're still like, how could you date someone that thinks like that? But maybe she's slowly chipping yeah, at him. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm just hoping him, but... she's acknowledging that what he's saying is not okay to him. Like saying like, that's not right. Like what the hell? Like as soon as he tweeted that, she was just like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then again, like what world are we living in? We're like uh, Offset and Cardi B are having like these very in-depth conversations about like <laughs> uh gender and gender fluidity yeah, and know. sexuality they may be i they, mean they may be at home watching tv and pause it you know what you just said was a little <laughs> but cardi <laughs> could be having it maybe not offset but cardi can be like if you want if you want me to just like that dick like we gotta talk about this i don't know like that's really what i'm, I'm picturing in my head that's what we hope that's what we <laughs> it's like i'm gonna put this in your butthole <laughs> we're gonna talk about buttholes for a little bit <laughs> Cardi has been quoted as saying, 
I have a passion for music. I love music, but I also have a passion for money and paying my bills. I love her. She does seem obsessed with money, or she calls it shmoney, as you say. <laughs> does this debase her at all as an artist, or is it all just like part of hip hop posturing? Like she's said, like she'll make any kind of music that makes money. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just her being honest. She's poor. Like, I don't, I can't blame someone who was like grew up very poor, impoverished, and like in these like mm-hmm. very poor neighborhoods. Like, and like, I think of like seeing one of her vines where like she said, or like one, one of those videos where she was just like, you know, I used to go to school. Like, I was going to school at BCC, some, some school. Yeah. BMCC. Yeah. BMC, BMCC. And it was just like, I would go to bed hungry. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then I met this like Russian girl who told me how to use, taught me how to use men and now I have $5,000 titties on my chest. You feel me? And it was like, I mean, yeah, no, I feel you, Cardi. Like it's, she's, if you've grown up not having money and now you do, there's, you cannot ask that person to like, oh, well, maybe there's other ways of, no, she's going to always be about shmoney because she didn't have it before. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to make a lot of cash at all. No. No, absolutely not. I mean, obviously, I work at bus, so I never decided to make money. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't throw shade at we anybody. We are not acquainted with the shmoney. <laughs> I don't throw any shade at anybody that can, because then be my friend and take me out to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, New York is expensive. Like, how do you guys do that this? That is shmoney. <laughs> you get crafty. <laughs> you start rapping. You learn how to you go to press Madden. events with free food. You go to <laughs> press event with free food and you bring Tupperware in your purse. <laughs> oh my God, it's like college. So she is not a stripper any longer. She says it in her songs. She says it in her interviews. She says it in life. I don't dance now. I make money move. Say I don't gotta dance. I make money move. She is no longer a stripper. However, she... uh built her Instagram fame on stripping. She says that her perfect date spot is a strip club. She still likes to hang out at the strip club. Is that okay? She's going to be a role model yeah, I for love women strip clubs. all over this great land. I have no shade. I love strip club culture. I love going to different strip clubs because they're all so different. Then you go I to- did not know this about you. I didn't know you were making the rounds. I love strip clubs. I don't have enough money to go as often as I wish. I, I was really bummed last time I went to Pumps and every, all the ladies were acting like they were going to come roller skating with me and then nobody called me. Aww. That was a bummer. But The strippers I, say they're going to call you at the club. I love that the... Just in case you didn't know. I just love the, like, the amount of the attention that they put on themselves. I love the outfits. I wish I had upper body strength. <laughs> oh, that that's that's the real talent. I would to pull yourself right up. down that pole. It's amazing. I also think with her, you know, talking about strip clubs like that, she's like changing strip club culture and people's views on strippers and that stripping is a job and it is yeah. financially stable. Very lucrative and very way way more ways than a job that you get with a freaking degree. If I would have known that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, might have changed something. <laughs> exactly. Might have, you know, done a little different route in my life. <laughs> but sorry, mom. Um, but I think she's, I don't know. I think nothing about strip cl- clubs is bad to me. Um, as long as the workers are being treated right. Exactly. And yeah, they're exactly. Being, they're doing things that they consent to. Yeah. My favorite strip club used to be in the Navy Yard. It's closed now. But it was such a weird place because... It always had this Christmas display in the front window, like like a like a village, and they never changed it. And Christmas there was is like a happy time. So was, they want you before you yeah, get to the strip club. When you come to the strip club, you'd be happy. They and want you was, to have that nostalgic. Yeah. Oh, and there was With never women around. No ladies' bathroom, so you had to go to the in where the strippers were changing in the dressing room. They let and you was, in the stripper quarters. Yeah, and they were all like gossiping around the locker room. That place was awesome. But see, but I, guess, I don't know. The original question was, <laughs> this Cardi being <laughs> a stripper. Like, no, I I don't feel like she has to. That's like another conversation with like, why do these people have to be role models? Like, exactly. She, like, being a role model didn't make her money in a sense. Like, that didn't, no one helped her getting out of that abusive situation. And also, she's a role model for strippers. Yeah, they have. They need someone. Too. Yeah. See, if Cardi can make it. 
You can make it too. Make it, yeah. Get the Maybe not rapping, but <laughs> well, she said that in an interview. She was like, "Oh, a parent called in. It was all in Spanish, and she was saying, parent was like." I really love you, but I don't like your music. You have a lot of curse words. And Cardi B was just like, well, I'm not raising your kids. You know? <laughs> right? That's like, not... if you're letting them listen to that music, that's your fault. It's not my fault. And she was like, I'm not I'm not meant to be a role model. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Whether she's meant to be a role model or not, I think that she is one and mm-hmm. it's going to be more of one. And so I, of course, am interested in her views on feminism. And uh, we were... We were asking at the bust office just recently, what are Cardi B's views on feminism? And uh, I think, Callie, you Googled it immediately you on your phone. Oh, and what she said was, If you believe in equal rights uh, with men and women, that makes you a feminist. I don't understand how you bitches feel like being a feminist is a woman. They have an education. They have a degree. That is not being a feminist. You discouraging a certain type of woman, that definitely doesn't make you one. And some bitches want to act like, oh, you have to read a book about feminists. No, you do not. There's only a definition for a simple word. The problem is that being a feminist is something so great and y'all don't want me to be great. But too bad. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to encourage any type of woman. You don't have to be a woman like me for me to encourage and support you and tell you, yes, bitch, keep on going. And that's why you fucking mad, you little dusty ass bitch. I love her. Agree or disagree, is she a feminist? Agree. Now that is one of the best responses to feminism. She wasn't like, well, I I don't agree with this type of feminism. She got right to the fucking point. Equality. That's it. I like that she has a very clear idea of herself as a feminist and she's not going to let anyone tell her any different. Like, that's the kind of feminist Thank icon you. that I, whatever wave Cardi represents, that's the my Cardi, wave. The Barty wave. The Barty wave. wave. The Barty yeah. wave. Stripper hole. Yeah. Feminism. She's also- and that, that's role model statements right there. Like, that's what people need to hear. Like, kids need to hear that you can, that exact definition instead of all these other deluded. Kids need to hear. Give that to the children. Yeah. She's also like telling people that there's no one right way to be a feminist, which is like so great because I know we talked about this before where I'm like, feminism can be elitist, where I'm like Mm -hmm. people for to be doing feminist practices, people, you know, you feel like you have to know how to use the proper terminology, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, um, Cardi B is the most feminist person I ever met just because she's a Dominican stripper coming from the Bronx, (laughs) like like, you can't get any more feminism than that, to be honest. I mean, she's living the life of what, you know, feminism is all about because she was a stripper and, you know, she made it and she knows what it means to be, to want to be treated as an equal. Like, you can't get any better than that. <laughs> I mean, you I can't. I really, like, I'm trying to top it, but I'm just like. No, facts. <laughs> no, like, facts. <laughs> like, straight facts. <laughs> well, I love her. I'm glad that you guys love her. I can't wait to see what she does next. Oh, yeah, we're getting the album this month. We're right? getting an album this month. Like, I, they say that, and I'm just they like... They say that about everybody where, all the time. Like, I feel like with, you have to roll out more stuff. Like where, We may or may not be getting an and album. And sometimes yeah, I don't people think will say they're out. getting an album, and like, we put Eve on the cover. How long ago was it? And that album still hasn't come out. <laughs> like, 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. That was like, the Here I Am Eve tambourine i'm waiting for that album still yeah, too. we like, were like oh the album's coming out Eve's gonna blow up and then we're here we are no but i believe later. that cardi b's album is gonna it's, come it's out. coming Eventually but come. not yeah. not not in the month of october we're gonna take a break and when we come back i'm gonna ask callie i'm gonna ask Brianna. i'm gonna ask jasmine what, what you watching This episode of Pop-Tarts was produced in the Listening Booth. Check out this sneak peek of their shows and then head to listeningboothmedia.com to find out more about each one. I'm Terrence Mickey, the creator and host of Memory Motel, a podcast that finds the drama and what we desperately want to remember or would rather forget. In season one, I explored such light topics as the different ways we remember the dead. Good afternoon. Thank you for calling the New York Times Classifieds. Christine speaking. I may help you. Hi. 
My name is Terrence Mickey, and I'm calling to inquire about an obituary. What information were you looking for that I could possibly help you with? Okay. I'm a big procrastinator, but I'm going to die at some point, so I just want to be prepared. And to get to the bottom of Stockholm Syndrome, I returned to the bank robbery where the first person was diagnosed with it. I always felt that I did something wrong. After almost 50 years, I felt, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I did what I had to do. And I'm kind of feeling proud of myself. And I followed a message in a bottle. He starts talking to me about a bottle with a message in it and he says, Turks and Caicos. I'm like, and I'm, you know, I'm real expressive. You can't see me, but like, I make a lot of faces. And I look at my cousin and I real quizzically and I go, I don't know what this guy's talking about. So I says, hold on a second. I put the phone down. I'm like, what, what? And I go back on the phone. I go, okay, excuse me. What's a Turks and Caicos? I had no idea. To see where your memories take me next, please subscribe to Memory Motel wherever you listen to your podcasts. And to share your memories, please reach out to me directly on Twitter at Terrence underscore Mickey or at Memory Motel. For updates on season two, visit our website, memorymotel.audio. And we're back. Hello. Hello. Guests first, Brianna. What you watching? Uh, a lot of Netflix. I watch a lot of Netflix. Um, what am I watching on Netflix? Um, what is that? Uh, Queen of the South or like something like... Oh, I haven't seen that yet, yeah. but Rem- uh, Emily, you were talking about Oh, I watched Queen Sugar. Is that what you're talking about? No, no Queen, of, Queen the of the South is like this, uh, is she, I can't remember her ethnicity. She's Mexican, She's Mexican. drug lord yeah. from She becomes Mexico. a drug lord. Yeah, becomes She's, a drug lord. Really and- cool. If you want to succeed in this business, you will have to choose between survival and your heart. You can't have it all. I love that show, um, mostly because it's like she's a boss ass bitch. She's badass. Like mm-hmm. she's not playing any games. She's smart, um, and I like I like drug dealers. Like I like that type of person to come because <laughs> usually they're like they start off poor and then you work your they're way up. up. Yeah, like it's my kind of thing for black and brown people. Unfortunately, um, there's a lot of blackish. There's a lot of the Carmichael show, which I'm distraught because every time I like something, it gets canceled. Oh, and I like I can't win every series that I've fallen into, <laughs> like fall in love with. It it gets canceled. I'm just like, I didn't caught up, and now nothing. <laughs> uh, I'm, what am I gonna watch now? Um, I'm catching up. Or I just caught up on uh, The Walking Dead. And that should be like on the 22nd. That's coming back. So I'm excited. Um, and I love Steven Universe. Like, mm. that's someone who. I've heard some really good things about she, that. She, the creator, it does a lot with like, it's a children's show, but like, there are a lot of like themes of like gender fluidity yeah. and uh, sexuality. And it's like, I'm catching all of this and it's for <laughs> children. It's such a heartwarming show. And it's like, I don't know where I'll be in like 20 years, but like, I want that box set so I can give it to my children. of like, mm-hmm. this is what you need to know about the world. It's, it's a really good show. I love mm-hmm. Rebecca Sugar. It has great songs and I'm a child. So <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. And oh, in podcasts, like besides Pop-Tarts, um, I am listening to The Read, which kind of was like the first podcast for me for like, I didn't know black people could do podcasts. And that was like the first one from like years ago. And then like their family of friends broken off into like the Getting Grown podcast, which is like adulting for like they're in their 30s, but they're just like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. And we're in our 30s. <laughs> and yeah. we're actually pretty like we have husbands and children and like we're still trying to maneuver this thing and trying to figure out like what like okay so i paid the bills this month yeah i have to do that again cool um and then there's <laughs> is that all the podcasts there's so many but those are the ones that get me through my weird new york train ride yeah yeah what are you watching um so netflix all the time i love netflix janet has told me many times to stop watching so much netflix and i refuse <laughs> um right now <laughs> no but actually i'm reclaiming my time every day <laughs> every day with netflix um i always go back to parks and rec Aww. always 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 it's always always good. it's such a good show 
even though I have like some like problematic things with it that I've just realized and like come to surface in my mind. Like what? So what I've realized is that when, for those of you guys who watch the show, you know, they towards the end of the seasons or like the end of the series when they were trying to rebeautify Pawnee and like they brought Grizzle to the bad part of Pawnee to like reamp it. I was like, mm, that's kind of like gentrification. <laughs> <sighs> Like, that's, like, that's, like, an actual problem. <laughs> wow. And I just, like, took it really to heart because I'm in the Bronx and there's a lot of gentrification happening around us. And, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay in the Bronx for the rest of my life, but I really want to. So when I was watching the episode, I'm like, well, this is kind of fucked up. I was like, because you have all these white people on the show talking about it. Like, yeah, it's just reamping Pawnee. I'm like, yeah, it's just a TV show. But still, like, what about all those people in the bad part of Pawnee that can't afford to live in the nice part, blah, 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 whatever. It got real deep. It got real deep. But I still watch it. Um, I started listening to Lore, the podcast. Yeah, I've heard that podcast. Oh, my God. It's so good. They're just getting a show on Amazon. Um, Tell the good people what it's about. It's just a whole bunch of scary stories. Well, it's not really scary. It's like... (laughs) You can't be that fast. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like true ones. Yeah. Like, you know, like the fairy tales and it's kind of like okay but they're based off of these real things that have happened and then for halloween he has like these special um podcasts where he does two stories instead of one and i fucking love them <laughs> <laughs> and his voice is just so relaxing and he just and he's always saying like dim the lights put the dim candles the out yeah he's like <laughs> raise the volume he's like this is lore. And I just get chills. I'm like, yes, talk to me. What is it today? Oh, and Good Life. Good Life? Best Life? I don't know. Good Life with, um, what's her name? I forgot her name. The one that cried on Ellen because of the sloth. Oh, her. Kristen Bell. Yeah, I think it's The Good Bell. Place. The Good Place. I love it's her. It's so funny. That show's really funny. Too. I love Ted Danson. Yes. He's so good looking. <laughs> he's very good looking. I he's like, like he's, he's improved with, with age. I feel like, He's hotter now than on Cheers. Yeah. No, I agree. I honestly I feel when I'm that. Sure he's he's a, a gilf. He's a dilf. A grand dilf at this he's point. A grand no dilf. Dilf. <laughs> at least. <laughs> Callie, what is it that you are watching? What I've been watching. Um, I saw Seinfeld before Seinfeld. Did anybody watch that? Wait, what? Before Seinfeld? Before? The new Seinfeld stand-up? Oh, oh right that's on netflix right not, yeah either, no. I mean, oh it, it just came out didn't it yeah, yeah he's doing a bunch of his old material like his original stuff and some of it still holds up and is really funny but some of it it was so dated that i was just like oh dude <laughs> like there was this one joke where he's talking about uh police brutality and how they like rough people up and then they hold their heads when they put them in the car and i'm like you can't be doing this as a white guy right now this isn't appropriate Right. Yeah. Like, you, what do you know about police brutality, Seinfeld? Um, so I watched that. And then I got so into this American Vandal. Oh, right. So On amazing. Netflix, too? Yeah. Oh, my. I've been dying to watch that. They, it's oh like God. six or something episodes long, all about, like, a fake crime that they're solving where somebody spray painted all these cars with dicks. Right. And so they're trying to solve this crime. And it's like a spoof on this American life. But there's this part. So this one guy, the guy that everybody thinks did it, uh, did the dick drawings. He there's an amount of time missing from when they were all prank calling this guy. And so they're trying to say that he did the dicks during this amount of time. But he's insisting he was pooping in this antique store because (laughs) he can't poop at his friend's mom's house because she has a, a poofy toilet seat. And he says sitting on a poofy toilet seat is like putting your butt on another butt and then pooping in it. <laughs> wow. Come on wow. now. Oh, God. It was it's so funny. Um, so I definitely suggest everybody watch that. American Horror Story. Yes. I was. I think It I, keeps getting better for me. I think it is so predictable now. I already knew who the killers were going to be for episode one. Oh, no. I we know, already it's knew exciting how, to see how, how like the threads are coming together. All right. If that's your kind of excitement. (laughs) The ass has been cut. (laughs) And like, seriously, why don't they have cell phones? It's supposed to be take place in Trump America. And nobody has a fucking cell phone to call when people are breaking into a house across the street or when the power goes out. They have them. They just use your phone. Crazy shit happens in the suburbs. Yeah. 
It's too. I can't. So that's like a problem with American Horror Story. Like they, there's like a lot of plot holes. I've been watching the Deuce. Just Deuce James Franco's. Uh huh. <laughs> Dose. Oh. <laughs> and um, he. It's pretty good. It's got Maggie Gyllenhaal in it, and half of the episodes were produced by women. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal's wig is very woe. It is. <laughs> she's when when she's is that good or bad. It's oh. it's like a wild blonde curly wig, and then sometimes it's raining, and it just looks like a gray old graying man's or like he had old man's head, and. Um, so she's a, she wears the wig when she's a prostitute, um, and it's a really good show. I like I like the way um, the prostitutes are relatable. They're not like you, you see personal struggle in them. And in the sex scenes, one of the women directed a scene, and there was a really interesting article about how they avoided the male gaze, like in the scene, so it didn't it felt like more uh, respectful of women than just like creepy and eerie. And it was because the woman directed it; she was thinking what sex positions would a woman want to be in not just like the go-to positions where guys direct it and it's the sex positions they like you know oh. i thought that was interesting there was a really sad episode of bojack horseman where that whole episode that I whole heard. season is really emotion very emotion but the one where princess caroline has a miscarriage has a miscarriage i was gonna bring that up to you i'm glad you brought it up oh princess caroline played by amy sedaris is so poignant in this season of BoJack Horseman. She has a miscarriage and she deals with it and she's a pink cat. And the whole time, like, the story is being told by a great, great, great grandchild. And then at the end, you realize that, that when she's depressed, she just thinks about what the great, 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 great grandchild she never is going to be able to have it's would so say about her. And I'm devastation. like... Cat just made me cry. I am out the loop. I have no idea what show this is. Bojack Horseman is really good. It's on Netflix. It's an animated program about a horse who is an actor. This cartoon is not for kids. It deals with very adult themes. Guess about it. Guess about it. (laughs) Right on. May I tell you what I have been watching? Lay it on me. My man Logan found on YouTube this TV movie from 1994 that was hosted by James Earl Jones. And it was called Twilight Zone, Rod Serling's Lost Classics. And what it was is there was two Twilight Zone scripts that Rod Serling wrote but never produced. And then they produced them and made like a TV movie out of it. And the best one was sort of feministy. It starred Amy Irving, who you may know from Carrie. Uh And uh, she plays this independent artist who's dating a doctor played by Gary Cole. And she keeps going to like a film festival screening of His Girl Friday, which is this Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell movie, and seeing her future on the screen. Like at like she's watching Cary Grant and then like the film flickers and then she's seeing her future. And like she keeps seeing little snippets of it and then it'll happen and she's like all freaked out. And she keeps going to this film festival over and over again to like see what's going to happen in her future. And of course she tells her doctor boyfriend and he's like, Ur. You know, you're imagining it. You know, it's like that whole like uh, horror movie trope where like anything that a woman experiences is like completely discounted by yeah. like, the man she goes to for emotional support and assistance. And so like it, you know, I'm not going to spoiler it, but because you can find it on YouTube and watch it. But like not everything that she sees in her future is great. And she asks her man for help and he is not any help. <laughs> and he is not help. <laughs> I really recommend it. I thought it had a feminist slant that I enjoyed. Um, I watched the Netflix documentary Gaga Five Foot Two. Oh yeah, I saw that Me too, too, man. I have to. Wow. I liked Lady Gaga before I watched it, and I feel like I like her even more having watched it. Mm. She's a very talented woman. She writes and composes and produces. You know, her music is coming from her soul. Nobody's making that music for yeah. her. I feel really bad for her. It doesn't seem like she has any friends. It was Aww. weird how There's there like was no like, in the whole I'll be thing. your friend, Gaga. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, there oh. was a lot of like her being surrounded by people and working and working and yeah. busy and busy and then being alone and lonely. Yeah, I feel really bad. I had some feels about it. Yeah. I think she's really connected to her family, though. Maybe she doesn't feel that. I hope she doesn't feel that way. Yeah. She's very so. connected to her family. That Joanne scene yeah. got me real good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but I think she wants a romantic partner, and she's going to oh, feel yeah. those feels until then. Wait, she's not she's married? Kids? Doesn't she have, like, a long-term dude? She was engaged, she was but engaged. then she became unengaged. Oh. And she talked married. about it in her documentary, and I was like, don't. It's yeah. too soon. Don't. <laughs> and it's not too soon. It's been a while, but still. I recommend it. It's really good. It is really good. Saturday Night Live is back. Whoa. My opinion is so far. <laughs> Wait, that was not as enthusiastic as I could have been. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is she hating? Yeah, I was like, ooh, sarcasm. Saturday Night Live is bad. I feel like that show's always a mixed bag. Yeah, but especially yeah. now, like I feel like Kate McKinnon is literally carrying that show. Like all of the best moments from the last two episodes, in my opinion. We're all Kate McKinnon. She's so funny as Jeff Sessions. I should not have accused myself from the comic calamity. I don't know. I, I got spooked. She was really good as that alien abductee with the really high pants. Yeah, yeah, turn around. Thanks. So these guys don't have butts, regular butts. Um, I don't think they've ever seen a crack before. So my theory is, right, they thought I had, like, broken into two pieces and they were trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Her, her Ruth Bader Ginsburg, like, she doesn't doling out Ginsburns. That's a Ginsburn. What? What is it? It smells like smoke. What is it? It's a Ginsburn. Ouch! That's a nasty Ginsburn. Give me anything, Ruth Bader. <laughs> and then the last episode, um, Gal Gadot, who plays uh, Wonder Woman, was on there. Mm-hmm. And there was this episode where, like, Kate McKinnon is a lesbian who's, mm-hmm. like, boat washes ashore on a desert, <laughs> on, like, an island, and it's the island that Wonder Woman is from. I guess we'll cut to the chase. Show of hands, who all here's a les? <laughs> is, it, is it everyone, or, or do we have a couple of allies? Yeah, so, okay, so it's Megan and Dre. Who else? We got two. We'd love to see that hand go up, Diane. Uh, I'm not sure I understand. Okay, oh. no, we're on it. So, so far for hands, we got Megan, we got Dre. Yeah. Gotta be more. This is outrageous. Yeah. What is this? Maybe somebody in the back. Another really crucial Netflix documentary that everyone should watch is The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson, yes. which is um, about a trans activist, what one of the Stonewall pioneers who was there at the Stonewall riots and who was a pioneer of the gay liberation and trans rights movement, uh, died in 1992, and her death was immediately called a suicide. She was found in the Hudson River and off the Chelsea Piers, and the cops were like, oh, she's floating by the Chelsea Piers. It's a suicide when it was very clearly not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this uh, amazing documentary about the there's a, a trans activist named Victoria Cruz who is probing the investigation, the death, who's doing her own investigation, trying to bring justice for Marsha. So it's it's a true it's true crime. It's we LGBTQ crime. history. There's a lot of amazing archival footage. I really recommend it. It's excellent. And um, I actually went to an open mic last night. What? I haven't been to one in like 10 years. But Logan wanted to go and we went. And I, we went to Sidewalk Cafe, which is actually the, the oldest, longest running, continuously operating open mic in New York City. They've been doing it every Monday night since 1985. Wow. Damn. And it's like a, a little piece of like, you know, I work and I go home and I watch the Netflix and I chill. And I forget that, like, we're in this incredibly vibrant city where people are, like, coming from all over the world to, like, make it. And there was, like, a little girl from India who, like, sang with a karaoke track who was so Aww. good. There was, like, um, you know, a bunch of frizzy-haired women with acoustic guitars singing angry songs about ex-boyfriends. There was... <laughs> Um, oh, like an incredibly talented dude who was like, I just got here from Texas two weeks ago. And I'm like, you're going to be a star. <laughs> you know, like it was it was kind of life affirming to like stop by, you know, these institutions like Sidewalk Cafe, like they've been around so long, you almost like forget that they're there and they're just like going and going and going every week. And people are like, somebody watch me. Somebody discover me. Yeah. And there's just so much talent just oozing out of all the 
pores of the city. It was nice. That's to experience. To hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't forget that. That almost <laughs> makes me want to like go outside sometimes. But <laughs> probably but I'm won't. Not. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Let's not get hysterical. <laughs> Well, you guys, this has been a delight. This Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome yeah. being here. For visiting. Thank you so much to our producer, Rachel Withers. Woo! The latest producer, the... <laughs> and, of course, our pal from the listening booth, Terrence Mickey, and our girl gang at Bust Magazine. You can find me on Twitter, at Emily Rems. You can contact us by email. I'm emilyrems at bust.com. Callie W at bust.com. And to find out more about Bust, visit us at bust.com where you can see writing from Jasmine and Brianna. Yeah. Woo. And finally, <laughs> please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. If you don't rate and review us, we'll never be as famous as Cardi B. We want to become we internet superstars. We want the shmoney. And we can't make any sure. shmoney unless we get more likes and reviews and subscribers on help iTunes. Help us make some money moves. So help us make all the money moves. We don't want to dance anymore. All the money moves. <laughs> <laughs> all the money moves. Um, it really helps us get the word out, and we super duper appreciate it. Until next time. Mwah! Mwah!